Well, I will tell you one thing. I am one proud youth director right now. Yes. I didn't mean for it to happen this way. Actually, on Wednesday, for Wednesday night uh, activities, uh, Will, Taylor, Liff, and Plez were all there, so I just happened to ask them if they wanted to help me out uh, this Sunday morning. Um, and so they said yes. They got up here and they did an awesome job. Thank you, fellas. But what I didn't realize was that last week, Kate Lamb and Reed Thompson were acolytes. That, in the course of two weeks, covers all of last year's confirmation class that has helped in the service. So for you guys to be doing what you learned in those classes uh, is really a treat for us, all of us, really, to see um, so, and hopefully this time next year we could get this year's confirmation class, which actually kicks off today, and we have 13 kids in our confirmation class this year. So, praise God for that, but I am one very proud youth minister right now. Um, like I said earlier, um, and let me interrupt this, I just got a text from Stephanie, Jonathan is done running his marathon. So congratulations to Jonathan. Actually, let's take a moment and uh, go to the Lord in prayer uh, for Jonathan. Heavenly Father, we come before you today for, to, to pray for Jonathan. We pray for a, a quick and speedy recovery. Lord, give him rest as uh, uh, they go back to wherever it is that they're staying. Uh, help them to uh, just recover quickly and uh, enjoy the time, the rest of the time that they have down in Disney World. In your most precious holy name we pray. Amen. So today, uh, as I said earlier, uh, in the Christian calendar, today is known as the Baptism of the Lord's Sunday. And as the name suggests, it commemorates the baptism of Jesus, but it also gives us a chance to reflect on what baptism means to us all. Baptism is a ritual that marks one's entry into the body of the church. Sometimes it involves uh, sprinkling a little water on top of the head. Sometimes it involves pouring a pitcher full of water over one's head. And sometimes it involves a thorough dunking of one's whole body. Or like me at First Baptist Church in Rinkin, I got dunked twice because I slipped. (laughs) However it's done, uh, it means that the person baptized is now recognized as a child of God. A new person. Uh, The phrase out with the old and in with the new that we like to say around this New Year's time uh, is really also a fitting description of baptism. And Jesus was baptized by John, as we heard Will read just a minute ago. Um, John was actually a distant cousin of Jesus. And uh, John baptized as an act of of cleansing of the soul. Um, Out with the old, in with the new self. Uh, Baptism in the church today still carries that same meaning. But with the baptism of Jesus, it it took on a brand new meaning. We're told that as as Jesus emerged from the water, the spirit descended upon him like a dove and a voice from heaven proclaimed, you are my son, the beloved with you. I am well pleased in baptism. Jesus learned who he was and he also learned whose he was. Because of Jesus's baptismal experience, our own baptism now means not only a new beginning, but it means in the words of William Sloan Coffin that we are grasped by the power of love. As I said with the baptism of Jesus, the meaning and nature of baptism itself changed. Prior to that, baptism was all about turning yourself around. It was an act of faith, but it was also an act of will. A lot of people uh, 
look at religion as a means to avoid something bad, a means to avoid something scary. Uh, That is, religion says that there's a reckoning ahead, and if you don't avoid that, then you better repent right now. Turn around, change the direction of your life, and get yourself back on the straight and narrow before it's too late. In, in this view, religion is all about what we must do to make ourselves acceptable to God. It's all about avoiding the final, ultimate judgment. John the Baptist must have had this view. I mean, this guy was a pretty scary figure. I mean, here he was, this scraggly, wide-eyed man living out in the wilderness, living off of locust and honey, railing at folks to repent. Yet at the same time, he must have had a sense that there was more to it than just that. That there was more to faith than being scared straight and more to God than judgment. Because he said, look, I'm, I'm just baptizing you with water. This is all about outward change. This is all a matter of your own will. But someone is coming who will do much more. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Me, I'm just pouring water over you. But he will pour God into you. I'm changing you from the outside in, but he will change you from the inside out. Um, One of my uh, favorite authors is... His name's Ted Decker. He's actually a Christian author. But when he writes his books, he doesn't write a book. Uh, he writes novels, but he doesn't write a book with God and Jesus as, as the, the Messiah and the God figure. He actually he changes it up a little bit. And uh, it's actually a really good uh, source to use whenever you're talking to uh, like youth and things like that. You know, they could ask questions and then you say, well, actually, I know this guy named Jesus who's just like this character. But in one of his books, he talks about... Um, he comes to this, the, the main character comes to this strange village and every night the village comes together and they walk down to this lake. Now this village is in a place with very colorful trees and fruit and actually the water glows this lime green color. Um, it just like radiates this life or this light, and everyone goes down to the water, and they get down on their knees, and they, they drink the water, because that is where this God figure resides in, in this story. Well, the main character has never done this before. This is his first time going down to the water, and so he's looking, and everyone's on their knees. They're drinking with their hands cupped. Um, you know, I, I could picture them trying maybe not to spill it, or um, if you're like me, not keep it in your beard for the rest of the day. And uh, so the main character goes up and he does the same thing. He gets on his knees and he drinks the water and he drinks one sip. And all of a sudden he's like, why is everyone being so docile? He he can't understand what's going on because he had one sip and now this is the most amazing thing. So what's he do? He backs up 10 or 15 steps. He runs and he jumps over people and he jumps into the water. And as he's in the water, it's just the most amazing experience he's ever had. Uh, that he's, he's drinking in this water. He actually loses track of which way up is up and which way is down. And he starts to freak out a little bit. He starts to freak out because he has got to breathe now. Well, he can't find it. And so the point comes right before you drown that he breathes in water. And when he does, he just thinks this is the end. I am over. But when he does, he figures out that when he breathes in the water where the God in this story resides... He's actually given new life and rejuvenated. And he swims in this water for what he says feels like an eternity. And then when he gets out, the people tell him he was only in there for a minute. 
So that is why we can be new in this. This realization has tremendous implications. In the first place, our baptism, this is God's work, not ours. It's a matter of love, not scare tactics. It's a matter of grace, not will. It's not my job to make myself acceptable to God. I could never do that. It is rather my job to understand and accept what God has done for me and all of us. God has taken the initiative in your life and my life to make it possible for us to be the person we were created to be. That's what baptism is all about. By being baptized, we're affirming that God claims us. God forgives us and God loves us. This is God's work, not ours. And this is why we can be new through Christ. Secondly, baptism is about making things right. This is what we mean by repentance, turning things around, making things right that have gone wrong. But again, this is God's work, not ours. In the United Methodist Church, we practice infant baptism and A lot of people have difficulty with that precisely because baptism is about putting things right. It's about forgiveness, repentance. So what could a little baby possibly have to be forgiven for? And the answer is nothing at all. So why baptize babies? Well, that sweet little baby will grow up. My daughter, mine and Megan's daughter, Eileen Reese, was born right here in the sanctuary on Easter Sunday. She was four weeks old. That little bundle of joy that we have will grow up. And in the process, something's going to happen. With each year, there will be more for which she needs to be forgiven. There will be more which serve to lure her down dark paths and into behaviors and lifestyles, which will ultimately make her unrecognizable from that innocent little girl who slept through her entire baptism. But she will always have God's love and God's forgiveness. She will always have God's promise that there is nothing wrong which God cannot and will not put right. Let me read that again a little differently. We will always have God's love and God's forgiveness. We will always have God's promise that there is nothing wrong which cannot and will not be put right. Finally, God's promise in baptism is irrevocable. It is once and for all. It has happened, it is done, and it stands for all time. That's why we don't practice rebaptism, because baptism is ultimately not something that we do, but something God does. Baptism is God's promise of forgiveness, God's promise of presence, God's promise to put right whatever it is we make wrong. It is a promise of faithfulness. And God doesn't break his promise. Of course, we often break our promises. We forget our good intentions. We give in to temptations. We do hurtful things both to ourselves and to others. So we need to be forgiven again and again. But we don't need to be baptized over again. Because baptism is God's promise to us that he will forgive us. That promise is once and for all. Today, we specifically remember our baptism. Maybe not the actual act. My daughter will not remember being baptized because she was four weeks old at the time and she slept through the whole thing. 
but we remember God's promise to us. We remember that this is God's work, not our own. We remember that there is nothing so wrong in our lives that God cannot put it right. We remember that we have become a new person in Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, We are a new creation, the oldest past, C.I., Jesus, and making everything new. So let me give you a challenge, church. Today we have a, a small act that helps us to remember our baptism. But don't stop here. When we do remember our baptism, we're remembering that through God we can start new. Nothing in our past can hold us back from doing the work of God in the world around us. So don't just remember today. Make it a daily effort to remember God's grace, love, and will in your life. Uh, Martin Luther King is, is just about a, Martin Luther King Jr. Day, excuse me, is just about a week away. And uh, the person that he was named after was the great Protestant Reformation, uh, Martin Luther. And Martin Luther, every day when he would get ready for the day, he'd brush his teeth, he'd shave, he'd wash his hair, all that kind of stuff. He would splash water in his face and he would look in the mirror and he would say, Martin, remember your baptism. We should remember every day the work God has done in our lives and not easily forget it. Now, I know that is much easier said than done. As life weighs us down with, with our hectic schedules, um, I'm actually in the middle of one of those crazy few days right now. One of those days that it just seems like, let me get to the next thing and I'll be good. You know, just checking off things off your list. Um, yesterday, Megan, who is the head swim coach at Statesboro High School, had her first ever swim meet that she's put together. Now, I think she thought there was going to be about 250 swimmers there. It ended up being almost 450. So she had to make sure that all those swimmers got to where they needed to be, that the event happened on top of coaching her own team. Now, yesterday, um, I like to say that I actually did work. I didn't do anything yesterday. My wife did all the work. But it was stressful in our house, none the least, uh, this week. And then today happens... And I helped Bill out at the 845 service. Amazing opportunity. Uh, made sure that the coffee station was ready. And uh, the youth actually took over and, and served that, which they're doing a great job with it. Uh, I get the privilege to be up here and speaking with you and being a part of this service with you today. At 1230, I'm screaming over to the clubhouse for our confirmation kickoff with our 13 new confirmands. At 330, we got a budget meeting here. And then from 5 to 7... We have youth, which we're starting a new series called Epic. And then tomorrow starts a whole new semester at Georgia Southern, uh, where I'm taking 13 hours. So through all of this, it's so easy to forget the work that God has done in our lives and the work he has in store for us. It's so easy to forget the life-changing love and grace that he shows to us every single minute of every day. But with daily reminders like Martin Luther, we will not forget that amazing love and grace. One of my favorite verses of all time is 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. It says, Oh, what great love the Father has lavished on us that we might be called children of God. Remember every day so that you may start new. 
Don't forget that amazing love and grace that our Heavenly Father lavishes on us constantly. I'm going to ask Reverend Townsend to come up and help us with the the liturgy for our baptismal remembrance and uh, Holy Communion. I do want to remind everyone that uh, this table is an open table. So whether you're young or old, first-time visitor, you've been coming here your entire life, all are welcome. Reverend Townsend.